Back here on Darren Donick and Chase. Darren McFarlane and Chase McCabe. Predators are on their way back from Arizona. They're Actually, they're going to be flying out here in just a bit. They stayed overnight in Glendale. It's kind of the new thing in sports. Not in football. Although, we've seen in football, if a team went out west and they have to play out west the next week, they've just... Teams have stayed out there yeah. all week. And so travel habits for professional teams has definitely changed in the last, let's say, four or five years. You think Jim Wyatt likes a little extra time in L.A., you know, where his Dodgers are? Or? Well, in, like I said, in football, it really doesn't apply as much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Jim's been doing this a long time. Jim Wyatt on the line. TitansOnline.com is where you can find his work. Senior editor. Jim, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, you guys just talking about this travel reminds me of the trip a couple of years ago when the Titans played the Cardinals and the 49ers back-to-back yes, yes. games. And we spent a week in Arizona practicing at Arizona State and then went to uh, up the Bay Area and finished off that trip. It was a it was a, it was was a a great trip as far as being in that part of the country in December, but it was an 0-for-2 trip too. So people don't remember that trip quite as finally as uh, maybe it would have been if they'd have found a way to win a game you're right that is a great example and i was gonna bring up unfortunately it didn't work out because they dropped both of them as you mentioned but it is strange like you said you've been on you know you've been traveling to, and they travel different i mean coaches have a different mentality it's now about getting your sleep and your your rest and so these sports that play a lot more games you know it was always jim didn't matter when the game ended, whenever so, if you got to move on, whether it's going back home or to the next destination, you get on a plane and you go. Where now you're seeing teams that say, you know what, we're just going to go back to the hotel, we're going to get a good night's sleep and get up and travel the next day. And obviously, they've done a lot of studies on it, and I guess they feel like it gives their team an edge. Yeah, and I know you know the travel for NFL teams is, is different how coaches approach it. Some of them, especially West Coast trips. Uh, have just left on Saturday like it's a normal Sunday, and then you play the very next day. That's what we did at Denver when you played on the West Coast. Uh, you know, there was a stretch there where the team left on a Friday for those West Coast games just to spend extra time out there. I think we're back to just the leave Saturday um, and, and play Sunday because right? the Titans have a trip against Oakland later this year in December. And I, from my understanding, I think that the leave Saturday plays Sunday, so they're not spending an extra day out there. But mm. it is always come back after the game in the NFL just because you want to get back and you want to start game planning for your next week. And a big part of that starts to happen on Monday and Monday night going into Tuesday. So that, that's why I think the NFL schedule – most of them do get on a plane right when the game ends, and you're in the air within hour and a half after the final whistle. This is why head coaches get paid big bucks, because sometimes they have to make tough decisions. You've been through this through the years. I've certainly watched it and covered it through the years, and there's times whenever the starters got to sit down, and we've seen it in this market, and it has finally played uh, its way out in year five for Marcus Mariota. What did you think of the move? Did you think this was going to be the decision? And uh, how, how do you think it's looked this week leading into Sunday's game? Well, I don't, when, 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 what happened on Sunday happened, and, and Ryan Tannehill came in for Marcus Mariota. Uh, I, as I watched it, I said, well, this, is, this, this move's going to it's gonna be the move moving forward. And, and when Mike Vrabel was asked about it on Monday and said, 
you know, we're going to discuss it and make a decision. And I think your decision has been made. I mean, because if it was going to be Marcus, they would have just gone ahead and announced him. I, I just think, you know, the team got to a point where it saw enough of, you know, the season to know that things weren't clicking like they should. And, again, this is not all on Marcus Mariota. If Ryan Tannehill steps in there on Sunday and he doesn't have any more time to throw it and is getting hit, it's the frequency that Marcus Mariota has been hit and guys are not catching the ball consistently, then he's going to have the same issues. But some of it is on Marcus Mariota because he has missed open receivers. He has been guilty of holding the football too long that has resulted in some of those sacks, and he has missed some reads. And um, I think sitting at two and four, you just have to make a decision how much longer can we let this go on until uh, we're going to be out of it and be at a point of no return. So uh, I thought I expected that decision to be made, and as much as I like Marcus Mariota, as much as I respect him, and as much as I hate to see a guy like that go through this, I think it was the right decision. And who knows what's going to happen from here. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, hopefully all goes well, and he leads his team and puts his team into contention. But you know, if he gets hurt or he doesn't play well, Marcus can be right back on the spot. And, uh, and maybe he, the time away helps him be better. And, and he even said himself he expects to grow from that. So Ryan Tannehill, from what I've seen, had a good week, a couple of days of practice. We're getting ready to practice here in about 30 minutes. And um, and I expect him to play well on Sunday. You know, we had Rashard Matthews on the program yesterday, and he wasn't – he was certainly was not trying to, you know, take shots at Marcus. I think he was just answering questions honestly and just his observations. And he really kind of questioned – the leadership or lack of by Marcus and saying he needed to be, he would like to see more of a take charge guy and a more vocal guy. You've seen different styles covering this game for a long time. Certainly we've seen it in this market. Everybody had a different style. I don't know what style is better than the other, but what, what do you make of that? Where, you know, everybody knows Marcus is a quiet, more reserved guy and you're at a position where it's, you know, you're a franchise. You're, you're you're front and center, man. You're you're out there for everybody to see, and that's just not really his style. What do you make of maybe those comments and what you've seen over Marcus over the years when it comes to that department? Well, you know, I'll say two, a couple things on this. Um, one is, is seeing AJ Brown in tears and getting emotional in the locker room uh, on Sunday after seeing the events of Sunday play out told me even more of what I need to know about what kind of a leader Marcus Mariotti is. I, I don't care how uh, you handle yourself, I mean, and what you say and, and whether you're a raw, raw, raw guy or not. I think players consider Marcus Mario a leader just by the way he handles himself and just what a professional he is and how he uh, doesn't throw players under the bus when it perhaps is their fault and not his. Uh, so there's no question in my mind that Marcus Mariota is a leader, and some of the stuff that's been said about him as a, role, as a, as a result of this benching about him being meek or weak or not a leader because he's not outspoken, it's, it's just some of it's cheap shots. And uh, so he's a leader, and I don't care what people say. I guess the second part of that, 
I consider the source, uh, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Rashard Sure, Matthews it's fair. Here, but, right, look, it's but, fair. But, we but, saw it on Twitter. Matthews to be speaking on this. Sure, a guy who I was around his entire career, and I liked. He was a he, he was a good guy. You know, he's got a great story about uh, uh, his passion for his his brother that he lost. But when I looked at the receiving corner when he was here, I didn't consider him. Uh, to be a leader of that group. He's a guy that kind of went about his business uh, and did his thing and let other guys do his thing. And when he had to deal with a little adversity, um, he pretty much packed it up and was ready to roll. So uh, I, I kind of took offense to what he said. I, I don't think he's a real good source on somebody speaking about leadership, if you ask me, which he did. So that's why I gave you the answer. Yeah. No, look, it's more than fair. I mean, look, we knew that. Uh, you know, and it's fair to throw that out there. Everybody knows what yeah. happened here. I mean, if, if that's Derek Mason talking, yeah, I respect what he says because Derek Mason worked his butt off here. He spoke up uh, when he thought things needed to be said. He carried his weight on the field. He was an underdog who worked his butt off to be successful in the league. And when I think about leaders at the receiver position, I think about Derek Mason. I don't – I wouldn't – I personally wouldn't put a lot of stock into what Rashard Matthews says about leadership. We simply wanted to bring him on because he's played with both quarterbacks. And how he answered questions is certainly everybody's up to their own interpretation and how they feel about him. And and I get it. We we totally get it. But we wanted to have somebody on who's played with both quarterbacks, and that's why we had him on. And like I said, I think he was just answering the way he saw him. Whether people want to agree with it or not is up to them, but – you know, we weren't going to turn him down because he played with both quarterbacks. And so I wanted to hear that perspective. Yeah, and he's got a pers- good perspective on that because of his passion. i got a good perspective because I've been around uh, every player that's been a Titan since they've, uh, since they've walked in the door. So, so I appreciate you asking me. Um, well, how do you think Ryan Tannehill is going to handle this moment? Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill will do well. I mean, it's one thing. I, I think that's the one thing that um, – that that certainly uh, is would have been different if the Titans had not gone out and gotten a guy like Ryan Tannehill this offseason. I think when you make this move, um, it's doom and gloom. And and, I, and I, again, not to take anything away from Blaine Gabbert, not to take anything away from Matt Castle, not to take anything away from Zach Mettenberger or whoever you want to name that has, has stepped in in situations where you're making a QB change. Um, this guy is different. He's playing a lot of games. He's got a little moxie about him. Uh, he, he he can have success, I think, as long again as as players protect him and uh, and and block for him and again catch passes. But he's got it. I mean, but I think he'll I think he'll do well. I mean, he can move around a little bit. He's been you know, he's been accurate during his career. I, I like what I've seen from him in practice, and I hope people give him a shot uh, because I get the sense that, and I, I don't get the sense. I know because I get I open my emails every morning, and there's about twenty of them sitting in there every hour when I open up, and most of them, you know, for this mailbag, and most of them are about the quarterback position, and uh, some people feel one strongly one way about it. And other people feel strongly another way about it. And then there's a group that's, that likes this team only because Marcus Murray was a quarterback. And some of those are coming from Oregon. Some of those are coming from Hawaii. Some of them are coming from a guy, people who just love and respect Marcus Murray. And I respect it. 
but some of those also have in them that they hope Ryan Tannehill fails or this guy they're taking a lot of cheap shots at Ryan Tannehill so I mean I hope people give him an opportunity and give him a chance instead of just viewing him as as the bad guy because he's replacing Marcus Mariota Ryan Tannehill's a good guy himself he's a family man he's always respect handled himself with a lot of class uh, I think he's a really good guy so I hope people give him a chance and not uh, if he throws a pick or, or makes a bad decision, that they're just going to bury him. I mean, to give this guy a shot, just like you give Marcus Mariota a shot. And, and if you're a Titans, a true Titans fan, that's what you'll do. If you're just a, a fan of this team because of Marcus Mariota, then, then you're going to feel that way. Jim Wyatt from TitansOnline.com here with us on Darren Donick and Chase. So with Ryan Tannehill under center, how much do you see Arthur Smith maybe tweaking the offense to to fit his new quarterback? I know we've seen some things uh, with Marcus Mariota, some flashes that have been pretty good, but just something different to get the offense going. Well, I think you'll see some things. I think one thing is, is those guys are not all that different as far as their athletes. Athletic ability, I and mean, as far as their athletic ability goes, Ryan Tannehill can move around a little bit himself. He can run. I, 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 I maybe you don't see a lot of design runs, although we didn't see a lot of design runs with Marcus. But uh, I, I think with him, the hope is that you'll see more. You know, Marcus had not really aired it out and thrown the ball downfield and with, with a lot of success this season. And when Tannehill came in late, you all of a sudden you start seeing some balls downfield. So hopefully you'll see a continuation of that. But I don't think the offense itself is going to uh, change a whole lot. Jim, the trade deadline is October 29th, and I know this uh, John Robinson was busy with this roster in the offseason trying to make it better. But over the past few years, we've seen more trades. It seems like more GMs have been active closer to the deadline. Do you see J-Rob maybe making some calls and trying to, to tweak this roster a little bit? Uh, I could. I think he's probably making those calls, and I think he's kind of, you know, probably has some guys on his roster that he would potentially consider moving if the price is right. And I'm sure there are probably some other guys out there uh, on other rosters that he is interested in. You know, there's always again, and you're right, Chase. I, mean, I think there's been more stuff of late. Uh, at this deadline, but it seems to me like a lot of times there's, there's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of talk about the de- deadline, and then there's always uh, disappointment because there's not a lot of activity. But that does seem to be changing a little bit. And uh, so, I, I mean, I think he's interested. I think he's always game uh, for doing it. But at the same time, I, I you know, he's going to cover those draft picks and, and be uh, – hold on to him pretty tight because he, you know, he, he wants to use those come April. What were your thoughts on Jeffrey Simmons returning to practice this week? Oh, man, he's provided, you know, you talked about uh, providing a spark. I mean, this guy has already provided a spark himself uh, just with his energy and his ability and just the excitement around him. I mean, I've mentioned his name to Drill Casey and Cameron Wake yesterday, and both of them kind of lit up, not only because Simmons has got kind of a uh, – you know, a good-natured way about him, but this guy's just a physical beast, and uh, I think he's looked really good. And um, whether he's active and playing on Sunday, I think we'll know here within the next 24 hours because they're gonna have to, they would have to make a move for that to happen. But he's going to play at some point in the not-so-distant future, again, as early as possibly Sunday, um, and I think he's going to help. I mean, he's not going to be able to play 56 snaps out of the gate, but 
but he's going to help, and I think he'll make everybody around him better. 3.05 kickoff, a little bit later start on Sunday over at Nissan Stadium. Jim, appreciate the visit. As always, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, guys, appreciate it. Thank you. You can find his work on titansonline.com. Jim White, he's been doing it for a long time, and um, pretty interesting stuff there. Man, can you yeah. imagine Jeffrey Simmons actually plays on Sunday? We'll come back more of Darren Donick and Chase on the other side, ESPN 1025, the game.